Welcome to Church Talk. I'm your host, Amanda Hall, here with Reverend Laurel Gray. This is the monthly episode of this podcast where we talk about the month's sermons, world events, and how we make sense of the complexities of life. If you'd like to submit a question or a discussion topic, please email it to podcasts at uucsw.org, and we'll keep you anonymous unless you say that we can include your name. In this episode, we'll be discussing the sermons Winter Quiet and Christmas Eve. If you'd like to hear those sermons in their entirety, you can find them in the same podcast feed where you found this episode, but we'll also give them a quick recap here before we discuss them. Hi, Laurel. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Weird. We made it's it. the whole 2024. We made it to the other side of the 2023. Yep. Yeah. It's... um. Yeah, 2024 feels more <laughs> futuristic than like any other year it's ever been. Yes. Like, are you wearing your solid silver outfit? Because <laughs> I mean, it's like, more of a it's more of a gray, more of a gray sweats. <laughs> I don't know why that's like the thing from the Jetsons that like yeah, stuck why in is, my head. Why is the future silver? I don't know why either, but it definitely is. Yeah. Who it's knows? either like silver or like blackish coal like in the matrix <laughs> anyway Jeez. there's just no Great. colors in the future apparently according to like well i'm currently adding a turtleneck to a rainbow knit sweater so <laughs> <laughs> okay you know, well <laughs> here's to a colorful new year your your future is very colorful and crafts <laughs> <laughs> very crafty um, so um, sermons we did some there was also a very adorable um, holiday pageant in there, which is why there was there would have been three sermons for December. But um, we did a live reenactment of "Twas the Night Before Christmas," which was very very precious, and we had some <laughs> extremely talented reindeer running Aww. around the sanctuary. So, yeah, that doesn't come back next year for the cute. I feel like that's pretty visual; wouldn't necessarily translate to the podcast. Yeah, no, <laughs> just be a lot of like giggling and and jingle bells. Footsteps. And like running around, just running around noises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next year. I was in the Christmas pageant when I, Christmas pageants, I guess, when I was little. Um, so I remember the, the kind of giddiness of the performance. Festivity. Yes. In that particular, yes. that mm-hmm. venue was, uh, especially because very... it's the Sunday before Christmas. So I think yeah. everyone's like needs a break from school and it's like a little frenetic. So mm-hmm. we had it's good, good time for some giggling. Oh, I feel like, so we often did like just the Christmas story, but I feel like there was one year where we did a pageant where we had like, I had some reason to have silk scarves that I was doing interpretive <laughs> dance with down the aisle. I don't. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I actually, I've been trying to figure out, at some point we stopped doing like a classic, like Christmas uh-huh. standard Bible Christmas pageant. At some point, like between when you were a child and not a child, that stopped. I'm not sure yeah. why. So sometimes we do like a solstice themed Really, it's an interactive kids service, right? So we there are different things that we touch on. Um, so this year, we hadn't done anything Christmas-related in several years, even though we do the, like, really classic Christmas Eve service. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did Twas the Night Before Christmas this year, which was very entertaining and very cute. Cute. 
So, um, but also for the grown-ups, we did talking yes. <laughs> and thinking. <laughs> we did do talking and thinking, but also feeling. Mm-hmm. Feeling is good. Do you want to? Are you going to recap? Are you leading into recapping? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> pop quiz. What did I preach on, Amanda? <laughs> Um, I just re-listened to them because I was actually prepared today. Oh my gosh. Um, Which means you've interacted with them more recently than I have, even though this is accurate. <laughs> this is a solid month ago that you gave the sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, I do so remember the first, it though, which is the good. winter, the winter quiet one. Yeah. Do you remember that one? Do you want to recap <laughs> it or do you want me to do it? Do you want to try? I want to, I want to know what you have to say about it. Okay. Um, essentially, Winter Quiet was about welcoming in the um, parts of your life that might feel a little bit quieter, a little bit more still, mm-hmm. um, even amongst the hustle and bustle of the season. Yeah. Um, and also making place for a lot of other complicated feelings that can come up around Christmas, yeah. grief, comparison, loss. Right. Right. All these sorts of things. Loneliness. Yeah. Um, yeah, the holidays can be really hard, right? Yeah. And if we only do the, like, holly jolly, that can get really disconnected. So that was our sort of, like, let's let's take it down a notch and yeah. be quiet and reflective before we get real uh, reindeer-y. <laughs> but speaking of reindeer, in uh-huh. nature, winter is pretty quiet and slower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, like, the main thing that I personally connected to in that sermon that I've been actually thinking about kind of a lot in a couple different contexts Mm -hmm. is seasonality. Um, Yeah. Because that's often – seasonality is sort of – like, there are nods to it in, like, our culture. But – we're mostly treated like machines, not part of it. Yeah, it's mostly yeah. like an all go. So like a right. vacation isn't a season. Like a week off isn't like this is my season of rest. It's like yeah, right. this is right. a break from like the default, which is like right. I'll go. Um, right. Which is like maybe when you also like fold all your laundry and like, you yeah. know, actually clean your house, which is means it's not really a break, right? Yeah. But so. I and the. So, like, I – this came up recently in, like, community organizing spaces Mm -hmm. where some of that – like, it's always interesting to see how much of that, like, dominant cultural assumption around especially things like productivity and power structures and stuff, like, does and does not leak into organizing spaces and, like, which ones we notice and are able to, like – yeah. Yeah, question. and this, I think, is a tricky one. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I mean, someone, so recently, there was another, like, chapter of the group that I, like, of the my political home, I guess, that I organized with, mm-hmm. um, that was talking more about how they were structuring their year more seasonally. Like, intentionally, they were taking a, an approach to it that was, like, they they were looking at the quantity and, like, depth of burnout that everyone had been experiencing yeah. and like how do we think about this differently um yeah. and yeah like rather than constantly trying to recruit new people and constantly trying to like yeah. do 
you know, everything all at once, like having a specific time for like tending to like future leadership development and recruitment in like the beginning of the year and then like doing some actions and fundraising and stuff like in the like spring and then, you know, a time when, I mean, more than a month long when there's like an enforced break where nothing is happening um is like well and I think that's interesting because you say nothing is happening and part of what I was trying to get to with that sermon right is like this isn't this isn't a like fallow period is actually necessary for total health right um and there can be richness in that slowing down that you actually need for everything else um, because there is totally this, like, if you slow down or stop being as productive, like, that's bad, or you're not worth as much, or you're wasting time. Like, there are all these sort of cultural narratives about how that's bad. Um, and even the way that we talk about winter can often be so, it's used as a metaphor for, like, struggle, right? Which, there that can be true, um, but it can also be a time for like resting so that the flourishing later is more possible. Um, so that's what I was, so I'm glad that you're thinking about that because I think that's really important. And that was sort of what I was trying to get to that the slowdown and the giving space for um, like emotions that we maybe tamp down too much, that actually is a really generative life-giving choice. So, yeah. It's interesting that I framed it that way. Nothing's happening because like, yeah, it's like a so much is happening. Slip, like, <laughs> yeah, clearly right. that frame is still embedded. So. Yeah, right. The not like we don't have to push for the world to be alive. Right. Like we yeah. can actually just breathe and it'll we'll still be there. Yeah. And like just some integration time <laughs> is also good. Like, mm hmm. That's what happens when we sleep. Like, right. Yeah. You can, know, if, can you imagine if no one slept? Like, <laughs> no, very you bad. have to like absorb stuff. You're like, yeah, it's yeah. normal to be in different stages of whatever. Right. So, right. and I think like, it's, it's kind of hard to bring that in when there's a sense of urgency. Um, yes. Which I think is exactly where in in organizing and change making, it feels like this catch 22 mm-hmm. um, because it's the need, the need to take action is so imminent, but that kind of overlooks the fact that like struggle has always existed. Right. Um, and it's, it's a long process, not like a fix this one thing and the world will be remade. Yeah. So it's just it's a tricky mind mm-hmm. th- mind um shift from like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And it's like the corporatization, like the non-profitization of organizing yeah. too is that like organizing mimics structurally like nonprofits which structurally mimic corporations. Right. So like which is still but, like capitalism and machinery, right? Yeah. That's still where that so comes it's from. still a little bit of a like dehumanizing way to think about your yeah. labor and also like right. Right. we talk about I don't have capacity and like I don't know. Yeah. I just 
And right, you get to yeah. be human. Thinking a lot about like how to bring, how to rehumanize our relationship with like labor that we think is important and work that we think yeah. is really important. Um, well, and I think the the how we do it and the what we do, like those are both important things because the in the rebuilding the world and and sort of remaking society if the goal is to center people's humanity then if you're doing the change in such a way that you allow for humanity like you you are doing the thing yeah it's not you're not abandoning the thing you're doing the you're doing this sort of world yeah. shifting from from go yeah which is it's, a mind yeah. we're we're not swearing is what we're doing right now <laughs> <laughs> a mind thing <laughs> bleep yeah but it's 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 funny like this is the main i am positive i've talked about this the last couple episodes of this yeah um but i mean it's a huge like a mark of the difference between like utilitarianism which is only concerned with like the result Mm -hmm. um and like deontological thought which is more about like the process and that's like Mm -hmm. every like the field of economics, mm-hmm. all of the stuff that sounds objective because it's math and formulas and stuff, all of it is based <laughs> on, it's fundamentally based on utitarianism. So interesting. Yeah. It's like, right. All of, there, like all there's, of the still calculations a, there's still a are theology in the math, right? Yeah. yeah. That's actually really fascinating. Right. Yeah. There's still. Because humans still made those things, right? All of those equations still came from humans who still had presumptions which i think is we're getting to this like deep rooted like what are the assumptions that you're making that you haven't even considered that you've internalized and how can we change those it's really important so yeah i mean like thank you so much (laughs) gold star for you (laughs) should i write an essay about it (laughs) and get a gold star Oh, I know. Or a silver star if it's the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think part of this is why, like, I've seen just a little bit, like, on the internet or whatever, people are, like, mm-hmm. nostalgic for COVID lockdown. Um, Interesting. Because that's the only, literally the only yeah. way that they get any slowness. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we shouldn't. I mean, it would be so, right. but it would be so nice if we could incorporate slowness yeah. without like a massive, like global pandemic. Pandemic. <laughs> I do remember like the very beginning of COVID before we knew that it would go on for a really long time when I sort of assumed like, oh, we'll need to work from home for, like, two weeks. It felt like a snow day. This, yeah. like, yeah, really. cancel all your plans. It felt it, like, like winter. It felt really, yeah, it felt liberating. I mean, also weirdly scary in a confusing way, but primarily, most imminently, felt like it was a relief from daily life. Um, and actually, I had a funny conversation with a friend over the holidays about how one of their favorite things about COVID was spending getting to spend the holidays only with their partner and like their Mm. dogs because there wasn't all of this expectation and pressure that you have to go like you know visit every person you're related to you could actually just be with 
your sort of nearest and dearest and and slow down. Which mm-hmm. I thought was really sweet. And also, like, maybe we can just, maybe we can make those choices to keep, to sort of protect the slowness and the stillness um, that that is most life-giving to us. Mm-hmm. So. Well, maybe. Sounds fake. Um <laughs> So the next sermon was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, the holy imperfect. And also It's glitter. really funny preaching because um, you never know what people think will think your sermon is about until after you give it. <laughs> I thought it was about glitter. What did I miss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm curious um, what your recap is of my, my Christmas Eve sermon. Okay. Um, glitter, well, yes. Heavily features glitter. Yeah. Basically, um, you told an anecdote about a previous job of yours in which you Mm -hmm. were preparing crafts to be photographed for a magazine. Mm -hmm. I was a professional glitterer. (laughs) Yes. You were, like, supposed to wash the rigging on, like, <laughs> the masts of teeny tiny Which sailboats like favorite, so they don't have glitter. most ridiculous thing anyone has ever said to me in a one-liner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <gasps> yeah. Don't worry, just make it perfect. And mm-hmm. then you could not see it, obviously, right. in the final shot because it was, like, a little sailboat on a whole Christmas tree. Right. Um. The, the moral of the story being the pursuit of perfection is a total waste and uh, everything is supposed to be imperfect. And in fact, the biggest threat to dominant power structures and empire is to turn away from like that power and towards like the places where the sacred occurs, like on the margins, yeah. in the chamber. Yeah. In the manger, not in the chamber. (laughs) In the chamber. In the chamber. I mean, one would hope that there's a little more turning towards the margins in the chamber. That would be great. (laughs) But, like, also in the manger. um, Mm -hmm. And to sort of, like, centering the the holiness and the, like, imperfect and unpolished um, Mm -hmm. is the biggest threat to empire. Yeah. Does that sound right to you? That sounds that sounds correct. A little bit thorough, maybe. <laughs> maybe I did a good job. Maybe you're proud of me. Are you fishing for compliments? <laughs> I'm always proud of you, Amanda. <laughs> Even when you don't do a good job, I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh well, that takes the, the that undermines <laughs> it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Hmm. I didn't absorb this sermon. Um. <laughs> Part of what I also said at the beginning of the service, which it turned out, it's funny when I say offhanded things that turn out to be like really important to people. Because um, at the beginning of the service, I acknowledged that the funny thing about Christmas Eve is that it's our like most highly attended service of the year. And a lot of people only come to church on Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. And also the vast majority of the people there struggle with Christianity and don't read the Bible. And so it is very ironic to me that there is this, like, you would get the, if you only come on Christmas Eve, our congregation is going to look and feel really similar to a Christian church when it is not. And so I was sort of acknowledging the, like, 
this is a funny paradox that we're in and like we can see the truth in a story without the story having to be factually true so like let's not get in our own way here yeah um that turned out to be really important to some people (laughs) yeah so i guess that's also partially what you know the the service was about was like how we can we can take a story seriously um and look for the truth in it even if like we're not we don't need to get concerned about if it's factual, right? Like we can read yeah. it as poetry, not as fact. Um, so, yeah. It what is... do you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it is. I also liked that you said that. Um, <laughs> because like through doing this podcast with you, I have sort of gone on that journey. Um, yeah, right, right. But like. But a lot of people don't, right? Yeah. Because that's very, yeah, like Christmas Eve is kind of more of a tradition than like, yeah, like it's tradition to go, I'm surmising uh, more than it is like on this Christmas Eve, I feel the need for like theological grounding. Yeah, we do it more for the social reasons than for the, yeah, is the biblical reasons. Yeah, feels a little bit feels true to me anyway. Um, yeah, but, but then so it also like, I will say Christmas Eve services when they don't actually do Christmas feels really weird. So there's oh, yeah. sort of this funny like it's it's this like funny catch twenty two. Um, so, but I think I think for you use being able to sort of put down our cynicism because we project so much more religious cynicism at Christianity than at other traditions. Um, and I think Probably that if you, because there's a lot because of, of where we came from. Yeah. yeah, this is sort of like you have, you know, more complicated feelings about your own family than other people's families. It's like we have that with Christianity, um, but then we can we can miss the point. Um, so, yeah. Well, I think, yep. and I I remember too. Like I think last year you talked about what virginity means in the context of like Yeah, this that was time. another one of the things that a couple people were like, really? Yeah, yeah. so so virginity contextually, because this is a thing that, that lots of, I'll just say lots of people get really hung up on the Virgin Mary thing as like, a, that's so ridiculous and like stupid. Um, virginity contextually in the era um, meant knowing your own worth and power, which is like, so twisted that now like the worth and power of a woman is about being like sexually naive like the fact that those two two meanings got married together is like its own whole thing um but yeah, so I today the, just, i want to know the history of that uh i'm gonna go with patriarchy for 500 <laughs> yeah that seems like right? a decent like, summary um but but so to to, to call me call Mary a virgin, like, that has nothing to do with sex. It's just utterly unrelated to sex and has everything to do with a woman who is outcast and disempowered, um, owning her own capacity for power, which is like, that's actually amazing. That's Mm -hmm. an incredible story. Um, and none of it is this like, haha, which, what she'd been doing with Joseph. Also none of our business, right? Like, why would we, why are we interrogating what women have done with their bodies and making it a joke like that? Also, I have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. 
That's my virginity soapbox <laughs> for Christmas Eve. I mean, that would that was absolutely news to me last year when you yeah it was news to me a couple years ago i know i had no idea and then i was like whoa why did no one tell us you know why (laughs) patriarchy (laughs) for 500 Uh yep yeah i think like so this was also surprise surprise made me think about organizing Mm-hmm. Um, great. Because I think I'm just kind of a nerd about it. <laughs> like I'm a nerd about. <laughs> I fully like, support nerdiness. I'm like intellectually curious about. Yeah. Like alternative social structures, but also yeah. like how to move towards them. Yep. Um. So I think like there's a big. Like, there's a lot of focus on resistance as, like, negating power. Like, saying, you know, that you don't agree with existing power structures and, like, fighting against them. You're fighting against something. It's a a teardown, not a rebuild. Yeah. And I know, like, we've talked about this before, but, like, the kind of organizing that's actually the most effective and threatening to power structures doesn't center those power structures. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're still focusing on those power structures right. if you're spending yeah. all if of your time reactive. trying to tear them down. Yeah. So, like, it's much more, like, powerfully resistant to turn your attention away from right. that and, like, towards, towards your shared humanity. Your shared humanity and also the yeah. building up of, like, the Super most marginalized and, like, right. Right. new yeah. joy and, you know, yeah. going about things. Right differently like that act of organizing with humanity centered including like seasonality and you know rejecting the dehumanizing nature of like how we conceptualize labor and work like all of that stuff is a lot more threatening than like yeah dropping everything to go hold signs up and yell not that that's wrong i mean i'm like that's part of everything but there's like a whole you have to do a lot of things to do a thing, right? Yeah. So it's just like, that's sort of what it got me thinking about. Like, if I were, like, Donald Trump, is his power is not threatened by you talking about him on Twitter, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, if yeah. it helps you process your own thoughts, fine. Sure. But, like, right. the real threat to like fascism is not like talking a lot about fascism necessarily right like yeah it's like knowing your neighbor right 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 it's like developing mutual aid networks yeah so it's it's like you know not to be like high and mighty about it like you know to decry people talking about things on the internet because that's, you know, it's really important to like yeah, connect to right. people and organize your thoughts and process things. Right. Like I'm not and saying share that's information not important. And narrative yeah. and all those things. Yeah. Um, but it's, it steals a lot of focus still. Well, I like think power this is, this is still that sort of the, what we talked about last month of the redemptive suffering theology versus post-traumatic growth, because the question is really, where is the power Mm -hmm. between those things? And so if 
the power is in the existing power structures and and you believe that to be the only source of power and you're you're trying to deconstruct it that is very different than saying actually we're powerful and mm-hmm. we don't have to comply with that idea those are just very different ways of engaging in the world and the work that we do yeah um right and one is sort of reactive dependent on evil and one of them is generative and dependent on our sort of innate creativity and humanity and connection so it's a very different place to start yeah and i like we still vote (laughs) like we still do get out the vote stuff like because those structures of power aren't going to go away and they affect the environment in which we do our work but like Right. The very most threatening and generative and, like, frankly, like, right. fun, like, core of resistance is yeah. Where recentering power away from, like, right. those structures that don't center our humanity. Right. So, anyway, it just got me thinking about <laughs> that. That was, like, mainly the thing I was thinking about. Also, I got to Great. thinking about, like... You've done a lot of crafts in your life and have had a lot of interesting jobs. Um, yes. And like the career path. Which people, once they find this out, are like really highly entertained by it. Well, I mean, I just didn't know that the career path to ministry was paved with so much glitter. Like I didn't. Uh-huh. Yep fascinating it is is. well and part of that was sort of like another like subtext of that sermon was like telling people to reorient their lives is like a little bit meaningless if you have not also reoriented your own life Uh Um, and so that was part of the sort of like process like there were there were layers to this sort of how are we talking about what we're talking about and and that was one of them was sort of my own um change in priorities or yeah. or it wasn't it wasn't even necessarily a change in priority priorities it was like a coming to terms with my priorities and what that meant for how I needed to live mm-hmm. um so yeah I I no longer professionally glitter or glitter at all <laughs> I don't it's not really a thing that I do that's okay I we, once, we like I once I. did that I will tell you the tip if you are going to try and cover something fully in glitter, the tip is that you need to, when you're mixing the glue, you need to mix paint that matches the glitter into the glue. That's how you do it. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tint your glue. <laughs> Weird things that I know. <laughs> yeah. Glue tinting. I never, I never would have thought. Mm-hmm. But if you it had is... worked at that, that place that I worked at, you would, you know. <laughs> You would know that the place that shall not be named because I can't remember if I signed an NDA. So then I had to go through and edit out of my sermon any actual clear references to what we knew I was talking about. I mean, you didn't. Mm-hmm. You said the name, but that's fine. Um, I only said I only said one part of a name that yeah. many people have. A lot of people <laughs> are named Martha, actually. I know. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Like I was just like talking. Over the winter season, I was hanging out with my parents and just was like, posed the question of like, if you had to just off the cuff, give a 20 minute TED talk about any subject, like, that's such a good question. What would 
you be able to just like talk for 20 minutes about. And it's just like, it is interesting the little like, just little expertises that we <laughs> that we yeah. pick up over time. I also, in this same phase of my life, um, my sister once to her, <laughs> she managed a team of people. And I think I like texted her once during a meeting or something and it like popped up on the screen or something. And so she was trying to explain to her team, like me as a person somehow. Mm-hmm. And so she described me to them as being someone who once professionally glittered and bedazzled and is now a minister. And they were yeah. like, what? It's very concise <laughs> and thorough. And sort of like, huh. Because I also worked for a costume studio in the same like era of my life. And I also worked for my um, cousin's fashion brand when they were sponsored by Swarovski. Um, so there was a whole thing, fa- like I did, it wasn't only glitter. There was a lot of bedazzling also. Like I have like permanent nerve damage on my right pointer finger from so oh much ironing. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> like, because I did so much bedazzling. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> you never know what people have done in past lives. In some like alternative universe, you have like a bedazzling empire. I know. Yeah, I chose not to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, did. I did yeah. turn my back on the glitter. Mm-hmm. Well, I if know. I ever. So here we are. Yeah, if I never need <laughs> glittering tips, I one hundred percent know, know who to, to ask. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like my, I. Anytime I have a question about the ocean, I ask my friend Roy. He just like knows <laughs> everything about it. Anytime I have a question about glitter, I'll oh. ask Laurel. That's really funny. Well, and like, I, truthfully, the joke that I made about how like my biggest life regret is participating in the sale of glitter, like that's funny because it's actually factual because like... Oh, I believe it. It's <laughs> you not biodegradable, sincere. right? Like now there is biodegradable glitter, but like I was participating in like mass global market scale of microplastics and I do feel bad about that. <laughs> is this why you Which like tells me that I probably should have now? just been a minister from the start. <laughs> like, yeah. Is oh, like, do man. you make your own clothes and penance now? Like, <laughs> uh, not in penance, but I do make my own clothes. <laughs> I do <laughs> because yes. I know too much, right? Like, yeah, yep. Once, once you know, can't go back. Yeah. Well, anyway, after that particular garden of sparkly Eden, um, <laughs> we've eaten the apple in, and that's not a good and metaphor. Started this new year. <laughs> not a started good this new year out right. Podcast. Yeah. Um, That's all I have to say about Christmas (laughs) and December and winter. Great. Great. Until until January, which is going to include, what am I doing in January? Um, We're talking, this Sunday, we're talking about rooting down into an ethic of love as the sort of, well, I guess this is actually appropriate given what we've been talking about, but really thinking about um, the sort of things that center us and ground us as we start a new year. Um, what's the next one? Then, oh, then we're going to talk about, um, how dehumanization works and moral exclusion, because mm. that's really mm. important. Yes, Um, is. and then we are going to talk about the power of community and the love of community to, like, hold, hold the world together. So, you know, small topics. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Well, it sounds like we're going to have a lot to talk about next time. I know, as always. So, Happy New Year to all. <laughs>
and see you soon. <laughs> and to all a good night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <Okay>, bye. <laughs>